From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show, we have the fabulous guitarist and songwriter, Jen, a.k.a. Jen Does Stuff. Welcome to The Transgender Show. I'm your host, Emily. I'm stoked tonight to welcome in Jen of Jen Does Stuff fame on Instagram. She's a pretty badass little guitarist there, and we'll talk later about her music and all the good stuff that she's doing. But without further ado, let's bring in our guest, Jen. Hey. Hey, Emily. Good How, to see you. Good to see you too. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. It is incredibly warm and humid here in upstate New York. So please forgive me if I'm glowing. That's what I'm doing. I'm glowing. I'm not sweating. Yeah, I'm not quite used to the heat. It's it's winter here like six months out of the year. So I'm not quite used to like melting all the time. Mm -hmm. For the record, how do you identify? I identify as a trans woman. I use she, her pronouns and I think of my transness sort of in the same category as being left-handed having mm -hmm. red hair it's just it's just a part of me how did you choose your name my name was actually partially chosen for me one of the many early signs of my my transness if you will was that when my parents told me hey if you had been born a girl you would have been named jennifer and then I like started obsessing over that name, right? You know, mm. I started like thinking about that name and like anybody that I met whose name was Jennifer, like I sort of had this, I don't know, like affinity towards not anything more than that, but just like I kind of like focused on them more than anybody else. So Jennifer would have been my name had I been born female. My middle name, Lee, actually, and it's Lee spelled the fancy way, L-E-I-G-H, was just something that like I've always just really liked the way that it's spelled. It also has like kind of a, a little bit of a Gaelic sort of flair to it with it with the spelling and and because i'm uh irish it's like okay this this kind of fits so i'll go with lee so what were the what were some of the other signs that led you to realize that you were trans oh my gosh um how long is this show how do we how, how much time do we have <laughs> um it was i mean there there were there were so many things it's almost like throughout my life, I was like picking up these pieces to a puzzle that I didn't know what the puzzle was. I had this thing when I was really young, my mom would ask me to help her paint her nails and I really loved that time. <clears throat> and I wanted that for myself. I was, you know, raised Catholic. So they were, you know, genuine prayers to God, right? Every night before I went to bed, like, God, please let me wake up tomorrow as a girl. I never really put all of the pieces of that puzzle together until I'm in my 30s and I'm questioning my gender. Yay! You know, which is something that, um, you know, some folks are familiar with. So what, what was it like for you then coming to that realization that what these pieces, these little disparate pieces add up to is the fact that you're trans? How did you come to accept that? It was, you know, Emily, it was like, it was a, a, a very long, um, difficult road. 
Um, and the reason why it was a difficult road um, and why it took so long is because I feel like the the um, role models that I had in in my life, um, and I don't even want to say role models because you know people on TV shows and in movies or whatever, like from the '90s and like early 2000s and whatever. I wouldn't call them role models, but like the the only trans people that I knew of were these people that were like spectacles, right? That were you know something to. Gosh, as I'm like bumping into my mic here, I'm getting so animated and, ex and excited. I'm just like tearing apart the whole set. It's so exciting. Um, Yay. <laughs> that's right. So, so like, like the, the idea that, um, you know, if, if I was going to be trans, like I would be, you know, um, like the spectacle or whatever, like, like these, you know, people that were on, um, you know, the Jerry Springer show or these people that were, you know, just like very, very, uh, just very negative portrayals, I mm -hmm. guess, of trans people. So what happened was, um, in, uh, just to, to sort of like go over like the timeline of events with that, like in late 2017, um, you know, my mom passed away and that was like a really tough time for me. Uh, my dad passed away when I, um, back in like 2008. So he had, he had been gone for a while. Um, and like with both of my parents passing, I kind of felt like I almost had permission to like really think about this and really pursue this. Cause they were people in my life that were very invested in me um, not being trans and me not being queer and just like all, you know, that whole thing. So like when yeah, my mom passed, it almost felt like I had this permission, right. To, um, you know, to sort of explore this. So I did. And, and I, I, I tried on a bunch of different identities, um, that were not, you know, your typical, like, cis male that that I was presenting as at the time, right? So I mm -hmm. thought like, oh, maybe I'm just a cross-dresser and maybe that's my thing. And, you know, I'll try that on for size and see how that mm -hmm. works. Um, maybe I'm, j and then when that didn't fit, when that didn't work, right? Then I had um, this moment of like, you know, well, maybe I'm just like gender fluid. Maybe I'm like gender queer or something, you know, something in that realm, right? Mm -hmm. Some... Mm -hmm some some kind of like like non I don't even want to say non-binary because that's not that's that's not what I was feeling like but but I I guess somewhere somewhere in that sort of like realm and it was it, really what it was was I was trying on all of these different identities that that weren't fitting and all of these different like ways of thinking of myself that weren't fitting because I was avoiding this truth about myself mm -hmm. that I am trans mm -hmm. and admitting that to myself, like, no, I actually no, like, girl, you are trans. Like this is, this is a thing. Like you, you can't hide from this. You can't, you know, it's a core part of you. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when I actually did get there, it was, um, I want to say it was like, the end of August of 2018. So there was, you know, a period of like, you know, eight or 10 months or so of like epic androgyny that was happening. Right. And, and, you know, my presentation and everything, and, and even like some friends of mine, uh, you know, sort of 
joke with me that um that they sort of knew something was was up like you know i was changing the way that i dressed a little bit and like you know the way that i wore my hair a little bit or you know just like just different just things were different about me but they didn't want to you know say anything because they just figured like oh well you know whatever it's just not that big of a deal um but yeah so that was that was when i actually said like oh wait and I re I remember the therapy session like where where it all it all like hit me like a ton of bricks like no I'm trans and this this is where I am this is who I am I can't avoid this so like let's go let's you know do whatever it is that that needs to be done to make myself actually like feel comfortable in my own body which you know still i'm not 100 percent comfortable in my own body but i'm getting there i'm much better than i was in uh late august of 2018 that's for sure mm -hmm. what was your timeline for that in a way i'm just trying to, to throw this out there to help people who might be in yeah. that stage of like well how do i figure out that this is or is not an identity that fits for me yeah that's that's a great question so um much like yourself now when once once my I, I kind of told like a sort of abridged version of of that um that timeline but you know i had been sort of dabbling in um in cross-dressing and all of that for you know a few years before my mom had passed i mean but it was it was just you know a, a thing that was done sort of um privately like i didn't you know it was it was between myself and my spouse at the time um spoiler alert she's no longer my spouse um and the you know the 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 timing of that was that like much like you emily where where i had like a few years of like sort of being in this mode of like oh yeah no i'm just i'm just a cross dresser like i'm just this is this is my this this is my lane this is my box that i'm that i'm in i've put a label on myself and it's very neat and nice and whatever and i don't have to think about it i'll just every once in a while i'll just dress up and that will mm. scratch the itch or you know yeah. whatever this this feeling that i have it's um, labeled i'm and, done i've got my box and i'm gonna stay in this box exactly <laughs> until I die. because it's come because it's because it's comfortable and it has walls and mm -hmm. like it those walls are like protective and you know whatever um but but what ended up happening was i i started like like the you know the cross-dressing was sort of not it it was it wasn't enough for me and mm -hmm. and when i did and when i did cross-dress um Actually, I, I'm going to borrow like a um, a quote from somebody's blog that I read, and I can't remember her name right now. But it was this this person's blog that they had written, and they had made this transition from you know being a cross dresser to being trans. And they had said, and this like resonated so deeply with me, was this idea that when you know dressing female and wearing feminine things when the clothes came off it wasn't like okay i'm done whatever like i've moved on you know i'm done for the day or or i don't know how i don't know however um you know people people who um are just cross-dressers think of that because that's not that's not me but but like it, it was it was less of like a normal thing and more of like this feeling of 
um, leaving a really great vacation and like having to go back to work the next day. Like mm -hmm. when you take off those things and put on like your male mm -hmm. clothes or whatever, your male presenting clothes, jeans and a t-shirt or whatever. It was like, ah, oh, I, but I don't want to do this. This is not, yeah. this is not me. I don't like, I felt better wearing this dress. I mm -hmm. felt better, you know, wearing this outfit or having, um, you know, having my makeup done or, or, you know, having my nails painted or whatever, Th this is not, this, this feels like something else. Like it, it almost, it almost felt like, and that was, that was when it sort of really started to click with me that like, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is not a, this is not actually, um, fulfilling me doing this. It's mm -hmm. actually making me feel worse because it's almost yes. like I was drowning Mm -hmm. And I was getting little gasps of air mm -hmm. when I was doing this, these tiny little gasps of air. And, you know, fast forward to now, like now I'm actually breathing. Yeah. Now I'm inhaling, exhaling everything. Well, not everything, certainly, but like things for the most part are pretty decent, you know, and I'm able to feel like mostly okay about myself yeah well the one thing i was going to kind of jump in there and add is is that you know for me there were a couple things that came up one i i loved the idea of the clothes and the feel of the clothes and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i could not go anywhere near a mirror because i hated mm. what i actually saw that was one of the first clues it wasn't about the clothes i got to a point where it wasn't enough to do it privately. For some reason, I, I yes. felt this incredible drive to yep. go out in public. And that, I mean, that was confusing as hell. It's just like, okay, this is this terrifies me. I don't want anybody to ever see me like this. It, it's, it's the scariest thing ever. And yet I'm driven to go show myself yep. in public. This this doesn't make any sense. What what is what is going on here? Oh. Yeah, goodness. The situation with my spouse at the time was um, a tense one, uh, mm. to to say the least. And mm. you know, part of part of sort of like wrapping our heads around this, um, this whole this whole you know, what about my gender identity and all of that? You know, we 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 bought these books and like we were reading these bro these books, and one of them was um, uh, called. Um, living, I think it was living with a cross-dresser or living with somebody who cross-dresses or something like that. And and in this book, there were like all of these different types of cross-dressers that were listed. It was like, well, there's the person who, um, you know, dresses at home and just, you know, it's, it's a fully private thing and it's like, you know, totally their own thing. There's the person who, um, you know, wants to, um, you know, almost like a drag type of thing where it's like almost like performance level, like, you know, putting on, on makeup and making it like part of an act there. And then there, you know, there are so many others, but the one that like resonated with me at the time was like, well, it, I forgot what it was called, but it was like, you just want to be the girl who is like sitting in the corner of the coffee shop, like fully dressed like like a typical you know everyday woman and you don't like you just want to blend in and just be yourself and yeah. when my spouse at the time um you know when when she saw that like that was the one that i resonated with she was like well that that sounds like you want to be 
a woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, that's not it. That's not it at all. And I'm so, I mean, there is, there is this whole other, like, there's this whole other thing that, that happened at that time where, where, you know, I was really kind of like avoiding admitting to myself that I was trans for all of those reasons, but also avoiding admitting that I was trans because I knew that at least a part of me knew that if I, if I did that, like my marriage would be over, like, or at least it would, it would show signs of like getting to that point. And then, you know, again, spoiler alert, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's funny that, that you mentioned that, that like, you know, wanting to go outside and wanting to be seen and wanting to be perceived as female is not something that a cis male necessarily wants to do. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's not an all consuming thought. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the clincher right there. That's the one that tells you for sure, because what you want is you want to be seen, but not necessarily noticed you you just want to blend in and we'll we'll talk about the wallflower thing um uh, as it pertains to your music in a little bit but uh but yeah you you that's the indicator for you is that you don't Mm want to do it flashy it's not a show you just want to blend in as that and but be out as that and and that's your that's your indication that okay this is this is something more so your your parents had passed by this time and yep. you were with a spouse and you're going through this stuff and kind of figuring it out who sort of figured out okay jen is is trans and how did those conversations go yeah so um i remember that um when when i was getting to that point of like okay, I'm, you know, I'm trans. I had, um, and, and that's, that it's, it's something that I, that I also recommend for like people who are, um, sort of at very early stages of like questioning their gender and like all of this is to like find, find like one or two friends that you think are, are, you know, going to be like in your corner and, and talk to them about it and like have, have that sort of connection with them because that is, that is really, really super important to like, you know, sort of helping you break out into the, into the world, I guess, you know, not to Mm -hmm. be like terribly dramatic about it, but it's really Mm -hmm. key to have those, you know, one or two people to like really sort of lean on to, to have, um, as, as supports. Um, you know, for myself, I had, um, I had a group of friends that, um, you know, that, that I came out to sort of like one by one. And, um, it's funny because like, I, I felt like I couldn't do it all at once. And, and every one of my friends were just like super, super like supportive and just wonderful. And just like, I, I, I love my friends. They're, they're, they're fantastic. The, um, you know, old friends from, from pre-transition friends that I've made since transitioning, which have been wonderful too. Um, that's, that's where I've really, I feel like I've really been blessed is with, mm-hmm. with my friends. And, and what I did is I did it in stages was I, I, I took, I, I took one friend. I was like, okay, this one friend, I'm going to talk to him first. And, you know, it was, it was this really super long conversation that, that we had, um, you know, around, 
um, like my, my transition and, um, you know, what I was expecting and like signs and whatever, cause he had known me for a really long time. And then I had come out to actually an another friend, um, had sort of kind of figured it out on his own. Mm -hmm. And it was actually really funny because, uh, there was, there was a point where he started, um, not like I didn't solicit this at all, but he would send me like unsolicited, like, um, like articles and like, um, um, pictures of, of, you know, poems from like poetry books about trans people and like all of this stuff. And, and like, he would like, just sort of like, Hey, like, whenever you want to, you know, talk to me about this, talk to me about it. Like I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, I know that something's going on, but I'm not actually going to, you know, bring it up. Um, an another friend, and this is, this is actually really funny. Another friend, um, that, that I came out to, um, you know, I did it through an email. I did, I did that mostly through like texts and emails. Cause I couldn't actually sit and like have conversations with people. It was usually like the text or the email of like, Hey, I'm transgender. And then following that up with like an in-person or like phone conversation or something. But this one friend that I had emailed, um, and he might be watching tonight and is probably laughing in his in his room uh right now thinking about this but like he actually sent me a bulleted list back of questions that he had like literal like literal bullets like point 0.1 point 0.2 point 0.3 you know he's he's like you know very very sort of like um professional like business minded person so it was just funny to like have this you know super personal like hey i'm transgender and like all of this and then get like a bulleted list of questions back from him so yeah so it was it was it was a group of friends that that found out first mm -hmm. um well it, actually it was my spouse that that found out first um and and that didn't go so well um, but the, the other friends that I came out to, it, it went really super well with them and, and I'm super blessed to have them in my life. Was there anything you learned from coming out to your spouse? Uh, you know, do's and don'ts, things you would have done differently? Um, yeah, I probably would have taken my time. Uh, if I, if I had to do it, I mean, if, if I had it to do over again, I don't think anything would have changed between us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we still would have ended up in the place that, um, that we did. But, um, the, the thing is, is that I, so that, so the timeline of events with, with coming out to my spouse was that like, I had this therapy session where, you know, the, the, um, the egg shattered, right. And like, oh my God, I'm transgender. And, you know, I literally picked up my spouse from work like an hour later um, after that therapy session. And like, once we got home, like almost as soon as we got home, like I said the words to her, like I came out like I'm transgender because the thing is, is that I'm like a, you know, like a kid on Christmas, you know, I don't tell me any secrets because I'm like, I can't hold them in. I can't like wait to tell somebody something. Mm -hmm. I can't like hold something secret. I've got to like, I've got to do it like right away. Like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. Well, actually she did believe it because, you know, this was, this was a journey that, that she and I, um, had sort of been going on together because she was she was very much involved in like every step of this process going mm -hmm. back to like i said like maybe 2015 or so all the way up until till till present day i mean you know clearly 
Um, I mean, well, not that involved. We're we're divorced, so we don't really talk to each other that much anymore. But um, but she was involved every step of the way. And so when I came out to her, I did it in a very rushed way. I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. Again, not saying that if I had put thought into it that we would have stayed together, but you know, it might have made the experience a little less traumatic for the both of us mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know, her her initial reaction um, when I just like, I didn't, and I didn't really like blurt it out. I was like, Hey, so I had this, you know, therapy session and I talked to my therapist and, um, I'm transgender. Like it kind of went like that. And, and, um, her initial reaction was to essentially start bawling. Um, mm -hmm. like, like she was, she was sobbing for probably a solid, like, five to 10 minutes or so. Um, mm -hmm. Granted, like my perception of time might have been a little bit skewed in that like mm -hmm. sort of high stress moment, but it at least it felt like it was five to 10 minutes or so of just like racking sobs and like I couldn't get a word in edgewise, right? Um, yeah. So, so you know, that was also in turn like a traumatic thing for me because, oh, I'm telling this person that I love and trust, you know, something very personal about myself, something that, that I'm like being very vulnerable about. And this is her reaction. Yeah. And like, oh my God. So it was, so it might've been less traumatic for her and might've been less traumatic for me also if I had just maybe like waited a day or maybe waited until later that evening, like after dinner or something like mm. that, instead of being like, oh, hey, you put your keys down and, you know, put your lunch bag on the table. Like, by the way, I'm transgender. Yeah. It wasn't quite like that, but still like I would have, I would have maybe taken more time with mm. that. That's, that, that's interesting. It sounds like from what you're saying, I don't know with that strong of a reaction that the outcome would have been different if you'd found another way to say it. The thing that we struggle with here is that it's a big deal to us. It's earth shattering for us. It's, it's extremely personal. We're in a very mm -hmm. vulnerable state. It's, it's the most vulnerable we've ever been with anybody. And yet it's such a big thing and it's such a sea change for the relationship and for what your significant other had planned and was expecting that it seems like there's almost no good way around it because you know there's no way for it not to be a big deal and there's still gonna be some difficulty and then they have this negative reaction very negative and very visceral reaction mm -hmm. um at, at the same time um, and, and yeah, that's, the, that's a very good point too, Emily, is that, you know, the, the thing is, is, is that when, when you're, you know, approaching transition, um, you know, and, and you're like that, you mentioned like the sea change for the relationship, like this is, this is a monumental thing in both of your lives. I mean, you, you, um, you know, are meant to embark okay. on, on being together for the rest of your lives. Um, and you know, n not on the same level, but your partner, your spouse is going to be going through like their own transition, their own feelings, their own, um, you know, their, their own set of like, I don't want to say coping, but their, their own set of like, sort of like coming to grips with what's happening. And, and so, you know, just a reminder to, to those that are out there watching that, like, 
you know, this, this takes time and it, and it's, it also requires a lot of patience on, on both ends. Um, in, in my case, it didn't work out, but no matter the thing is that not to say that it won't work out for other people, but my case was, you know, not, you know, something that should be held up as an example because it literally was like round peg square hole. Like it just, it was never going to work. Um, but in some cases it it can, um, but it takes a lot of communication and a lot of patience. Mm. So we've, yeah, we've talked about your friends and, and your, your spouse, your spouse. Um, I mentioned the wallflower thing and, and music. Let's get into that. You were already a a musician at the time Mm -hmm. when you decided to come out. Um, first off, let's, 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 let's categorize what kind of musician you are like what type of music do you play and and how serious are you at it and like kind of what level are you at as far as like being published and things like that yeah so i um i play mostly guitar um i also uh sing um i play bass um i drum as well um what don't i do no well (laughs) i i you know I'm, I'm very, very much like a, like a person that, um, is a musician that, that tries to, tries to be as involved as possible in like as many aspects of like the production of like a song or, or whatever, whether that means like playing guitar, playing the drums, playing whatever, or like, or at least being able to communicate with the other people that are doing that, like with their language so that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like a guitar saying, Hey, to a drummer, like, Hey, why don't you just hit this thing over here and go boom, 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 you know, or something like that. It's like, you know, actually having, having like genuine communication with them. Um, I play uh, heavy metal music uh, first and foremost. It's um, it's it's a part of me that um, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about this um, before we started the the show that you know the time around the time that I had started getting into heavy metal music was around the time that I had really started to push these feelings about my gender down very mm. down deep far down into the depths okay. never to be seen or heard from again and like put them under lock and key and all of that so one of the ways that um that i helped cope with that was like metallica you know just jamming out to like this this really um raw just aggressive music um because not only did it did it like fit my mood, you know, this, this frustration and this anger that I had that, I mean, you know, as, as a teenager, most teenagers have a fair amount of angst about them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as, you know, somebody who is, um, a teenager and also trans, I had like, you know, a whole other, um, level of, of angst and anger and all that to deal with. So, I mean, there was that, but then also like, well, yeah, okay, heavy metal music, this is great because, you know, if I'm listening to this, you know, loud, raw, aggressive music, then it also um, does, you know, two jobs at once. I'm, I'm getting to have this outlet for my frustrations, but then I'm also able to do something that's like, whoa, totally masculine and macho and nobody's going to actually suspect like the, you know, the the metal kid of, of you know, 
being trans or being effeminate or whatever, or like having these thoughts and feelings and whatever, like, no, that, that no, that this person, um, you know, they're, they're, they're way into heavy metal. I mean, the, I will say though that that um, the one thing about loving heavy metal music as much as I do that's that's really um, worked out for me transition wise is that I've uh, since I graduated high school I've had long hair and <laughs> it was a nice cover for having long hair and like saying well you know instead of it being like well you know oh, this person has long hair, like, they must be, you know, effeminate or whatever. It's like, no, no, they're just, you know, into heavy metal. That's the thing. It was a nice cover for that. Um, <laughs> when, no, actually, I wanted to have long hair because, you know, well, I'm I'm a woman. So that's, that's you know, that's, it was, it was a nice cover. So once nice. I started transitioning, I already had the long hair. It was built in. Like, I just, you know, styled it a different way and just... Um, you know, didn't just put it in a ponytail and call it a day. So perfect. All right. We're going to yeah. take a quick break. And when we come back, I will play a video of some of, of Jen's um, metal guitaring. And then uh, we'll get back into some more questions in, uh, yeah, in just a little bit. And that's Jen on the guitar there. Yeah, it was um, something this company called uh, She Shreds Media does where they, they organize this event where they um, encourage female and, and like queer um, guitar players to play uh, one guitar riff a day every day in the month of January. And it's really cool because there's this whole community that that sort of springs up around it every year and like you're getting to see all these you know really awesome guitar players doing their thing and so that that was from you know back in january which feels like a long time ago now um but yeah that that was um something that i i am definitely going to be participating in next year and probably for many years to come Nice. Yeah, it seems like a really good outlet and a good good excuse to kind of keep up with it and keep keep the mm -hmm. practice up and and you know providing that example. I mean, it's such a great thing to to show women, you know, young girls out there that hey, you can do this. Especially you being on the on the trans uh, side of things, of yeah. like, you know, this is something you can do. Now, how did you personally get to that point? And what was that like internal discussion about? You're you're doing music, you. You know, you have your look and everything, and now you're you're gonna transition. Um, you know, how yeah. how did how did that go for you? Well, and and the thing is, is is that I, though I am a musician and I and I am published and I do have, um, you know, I, I do play shows. I don't play shows all that frequently, so it's not like it's not like I don't want to give the impression that like I'm in this. Um, or in these like super active bands that that play out shows like all the time and then you know all of a sudden the guitar player in this band or the bass player in other bands you know is is you know going from male presenting at one show and then as female presenting the next show and just you know having having that sort of a abrupt transition like that um 
but now when when it came to um considering you know considering music um with my with my transition is that again like like i had said that you know heavy metal especially which is the the type of music that i that i love to play the most is this very um macho like you know aggressive like sort of boys club like the community around like heavy metal music and mm -hmm. to you know have to to even to have like cis females in metal like there's you know a tremendous amount of scrutiny on like cis females in metal even even in like their more typical um positions in bands where they're like you know a singer um you know they're like the pretty face of the band and you've got like four vikings or whatever like behind her and mm -hmm. she's you know like that's that's typically you know the the female role in like heavy metal is to be like the 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 face of the band or like the singer um there are very few uh at least in heavy metal there are very few um you know guitar players uh or or i should even just like be more broad in general about it um just any band member who's even a cis female and when you do see that like at a show or something it's like that 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 woman is like scrutinized like heavily like oh my god you look at that you know guitar she's playing it's like a like a crap guitar like oh my god she's using that pedal or you know whatever she's you know she has that amplifier like that's that's garbage like that sort of thing hmm. so so it's so it's it's hard enough for cis females now trans females or anybody that's queer just in general like it's it's really it's really super difficult um and and actually thinking about it there's this really really uh wonderful biography or autobiography that rob halford from judas priest um mm -hmm. that he wrote where he spends a lot of time in this book talking about um you know being you know a gay man who is you know the front man of you know one of the biggest bands from like the 70s and 80s you know sort of like dealing with being um being a gay man and also like being this this tent pole of um you know just this really super like masculine macho world so um i i really recommend anybody that's you know a, a queer musician and is like struggling with with how to you know come to grips with that to like seek out even if you're not a judas priest fan like seek out that biography that rob halford wrote it's it's really really good and and you know really like a lot of that really resonated with me as i was reading it like oh yeah this is this is like ridiculous trying to like break into this world and 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 be myself in this world Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that he was gay. That's, that, that's something I got to check out. So for yeah. you, um, you know, you're, you're not that visible as a musician to begin with, but you know, what, what did having someone like Laura Jane Grace of Against Me do for for you for your ability to come out and feel comfortable um were there were there only upsides were there downsides what did you feel from hearing that, that she was out yeah like laura jane grace actually was um and and against me um you know I, i'm i'm pretty sure that a fair number of 
trans folks, um, you know, are at least familiar with transgender dysphoria blues um, mm -hmm. and and that whole album. Um, I know I am myself, and I'm not even I'm not a punk fan. I'm not really a fan of even against me all that much, but I love that album because it's like, oh my god, here's this here's this person who has, you know, who who essentially is is you know becoming like a lightning rod for you know trans women in music like mm -hmm. and and she's handling it like super super gracefully um hence the name uh, but <laughs> just saying that like you know she she's she's somebody that that is um you know really really doing well with this and really handling like all of this pressure very well because i mean there's there's a huge amount of pressure um for trans women so so for me like it was good to see that even though it's not good to see her and good to see her in that in that role handling things so well even though she doesn't you know necessarily play my style of music i'm mm -hmm. not i'm not necessarily like a like a fan of punk music there are, there are some punk bands that that i um can get into but um there's there's sort of a um like a um this myth that you know punk music and metal music are you know very closely related and and they are for for the most part but you know metal music and punk music definitely um live in separate houses for sure hmm. yeah you were mentioning in the the pre-interview chat when we were talking that the that one of the groups that follow the music is more kind of forgiving and i think you kind of alluded to with that the the females in a metal band they're much more scrutinized is that is that mm -hmm. pretty general across those two different genres of music yeah, I mean, the the, and and I'm not I'm not really like a a big um I'm not really big into the punk scene. I don't really follow a lot of punk bands, but I, I just speaking in general terms, punk seems to be a little bit more inclusive, mm. um, at least especially now. Um, you know, as far as like with with women, um, with queer people, with POC, um, just like it's just it it's a lot more of an inclusive environment than you know heavy metal is, unfortunately, um, because again, like with with heavy metal, it's um, the fan the fan base are definitely not the most open minded mm -hmm. people in the world, um, whereas you know with with um, you know punk fans they they I'm speaking in very general terms here, but, you know, punk fans tend to be more open-minded, I think, than, you know, heavy metal fans are. Interesting. Okay. So getting back more um, to to your story, mm -hmm. you've, you've, you've come out, you've transitioned um, successfully in amongst your friends and, in, and sounds like in the music realm as well. What what were some of the biggest things that were hurdles or struggles for you in getting into, you know, accepting and, and living in this identity on a day-to-day -day basis? Oh gosh. Um, you know, the, one of the, one of the biggest hurdles was, um, coming out at work. Uh, okay. that was a, that was a big, big thing. Um, that 
it was, oh my goodness, it was, it was a huge process. Um, it was probably a little, a little overthought, um, you know, because there, there were, at least to my knowledge, um, you know, no other, um, out queer people in the organization. And so this was like the first oh, wow. time anybody had actually like publicly like come out as, you know, trans, gay, et cetera, um, within the organization. Um, and so it was like a big production. It was a very big deal and it probably didn't need to be. Hmm. Um, but it was this long process, um, that, that was, it was difficult, but I, it's, it's over. It's behind me now. I'm, I'm glad that it's behind me. And now I get to live as myself. Um, the, the, the day to day things that, that were, um, you know, they were kind of surprising, right? Like as far as like getting used to, you know, using my name everywhere, getting used to having and responding to she and her pronouns and feeling like I deserved to use those she and her pronouns. Because there was, there was a time where like, you know, I, I didn't know if I would actually use she, her pronouns because I felt like I hadn't like met the threshold or like met the bar of like, I'm not female enough. I don't deserve this, which is total bullshit. Um, because you know, there's no, there's no bar, there's no threshold like of, you know, femininity that you have to have to, you know, use she and her pronouns. Um, but that was, that was an adjustment period, right? Because, you know, I had gone, 33 years, you know, using one name and one set of pronouns. And then it just felt like, you know, flipping this switch in my mind, it, it was almost like, I don't know. I don't know if I deserve this. Like, mm. is this, is this okay? Like, like, and, and one of the things that was nice was that, you know, the reinforcement, um, of like affirmation from other people that, you know, would use my name and pronouns would tell me like, yes, no, you deserve this. You absolutely deserve this. And, you know, sort of helped me to like wrap my head around this idea of, of, um, using a, a new set of, you know, pronouns and name on a, on a daily basis, on a regular basis. Yeah. Did you kind of struggle? I, I, I had a period where it was kind of tough. I was, it, it, it took me a while to get to where like you don't respond to to hearing where you think you hear your dead name or you do hear your dead name or you hear the wrong pronouns like you're you're at a store and someone like um says sir behind you like you you just you don't turn yeah no for sure i mean there was there was um th there were there were really awkward moments um at times that you know were sometimes dysphoria triggering where um you know i would go to a store or something um and be shopping and somebody would refer to me as like sir even though i was clearly very femininely dressed mm -hmm. um and had you know um at least what I thought was good makeup at the time, you know, there's, you know, there's that whole like learning process there. Um, and, and, you know, being served like that was really, it was really super difficult. Um, and, and over time though, it, it happened less and less. Um, just, it, it was almost as if like my own discomfort 
in my presentation, um, in my female presentation, was kind of feeding into the misgendering a little bit, or maybe that's my own, hmm. you know, little head cannon or whatever that I have for myself. But it's almost like as I relaxed myself, the misgendering seemed to slow down. And it's it still happens sometimes. I still get misgendered, um, you know, from time to time. And it's it's difficult, um, you know, and when that does happen, I'm I'm very quick to correct somebody. Um, you know, I'm very quick to to say, no, actually, that's she or her or, you know, whatever, or like, no, my name is Jennifer or, you know, whatever, like legally, my name is Jennifer. So so, you know, when these situations do come up, I'm I'm very quick to correct them. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, they're not happening as much. And, and even in the last like six months or so, it's only happened like two or three times and usually just over the phone because, you know, I, I haven't really changed my voice all that much. Um, so, you know, my, my, um, my, my pitch and, and inflection and all that, you know, over a phone and you're not seeing somebody, you know, sometimes might say like mail to, you know, the person on the other end of that phone. So I don't necessarily blame them for that because they're not getting all the information of, you know, seeing my, my mug in front of them. Well, isn't that so funny too? It's yeah. our, our perceptions of ourself and ourself in, in the, in, in the environment, in the world, the greater world. I don't know. I could just say it's just generally wrong. Like we're just wrong, you know, because I think that your voice sounds really feminine and I hear my voice like when I'm playing Fortnite with my friends, I hear it echoed back or, or in any way. And, and, you know, it's just like, oh, it's still so masculine and so deep. You know, it's just like it doesn't have the feminine qualities that I want. And yet, like then recently, I forget what I was. Um, I think it was something for, for one of my accounts. And the guy asked me like two or three times, like, who am I talking to? Cause they, cause my account was under a dead name and they didn't believe that I was male. Yeah. They, like not that they, um, thought one way or the other, or, 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 you know, I had said something about being Emily or whatever, but like, he didn't believe I was, I was the oh male God. person. And I'm like, holy That's crap validation. Talk, talk about some great affirmation and validation. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, you're, you're absolutely right because a lot of, a lot of the time, um, my, my perception of myself is completely off. Like mm -hmm. it is, it's, it's gotten to a point where, um, a lot of the times, like I, I won't even, you know, I, I'll rely on the opinions of others mm -hmm. and what they think versus my own because i'm not to be trusted because <laughs> i've got you know so so much of like a, a bias against myself just yeah. naturally that that i have to like instead trust in the opinions of others that i feel comfortable with i'm not just mm -hmm. like walking up to people on the street like hey how does my voice sound like you know yeah. whatever mm -hmm. like you know how am i looking today or whatever um but so i just want to like asterisk like these are people that you know i feel very comfortable with and mm -hmm. and can talk to about these sorts of things so when you're feeling sort of dysphoric and and you know 
just kind of not enough as far as not feminine enough or whatever. What do you do mm -hmm. to find that validation to kind of to get into that that space and to feel good and feel feminine? So I, I usually find that um, when I get into those places, it's because I'm I'm not doing the things like when I super get into those places, I find that I'm not doing the things that um, not that I should be doing, but that, like, like I'm ignoring or, or maybe, yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it. Like I'm almost ignoring the, the things that make me feel good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, um, one of the things that, that I love and it's, it's like my, it's my weekly thing. Um, it's almost like a, like a weekly meditation that I, that I love to do is doing my nails. It's, mm -hmm. it's like my, it's my go-to thing. It's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a whole process because it's, you know, it's taking off the old nail polish and it's, you know, um, uh, you know, buffing and, and, and shaping the nails. And then it's like, you know, you do your base coat and then your color and the top coat, and there's all this time in between. And like, I'm usually watching a TV show or something. So that's nice and relaxing too. And then afterwards, it's just, it just feels so affirming, just like looking down and seeing like, you know, pretty nails. Like, I don't know, like, it, it seems almost silly to like, to say it out loud, but, but like this, this tiny little thing, makes me feel so much better. And, but when I don't do that, like if I, if I, you know, skip a week or something and like my nails are flaking or whatever, then I, then I start, you know, sort of like looking like, oh yeah, well that's, you know, I, I don't know, like, like, like I'll, I'll start to have like kind of like terrible thoughts around that. And then it's like, well, no, you dummy, just go actually do your nails. Like, why are you not doing that? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. It, or, or, or even something as simple as like doing, um, doing typically feminine things. And I, and again, I feel silly saying this because like, it shouldn't matter, right? Like these things that, that are like typically female, um, activities of, you know, doing your makeup, doing your hair, wearing a dress, whatever these, these shouldn't matter. Like gender is not in those things. Um, you know, yes, I agree that that for the most part, you know, gender and gender roles are are bullshit and all of that. But I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like these gender roles. I kind of like these female gender roles that I have for myself. And I like doing typically feminine things. I like shaving my legs and and um, you know wearing dresses and having long hair and styling it in different ways and you know feeling good about my body because that helps me to be. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, helps me be um, perceived as female, not just by others, but as but by myself mm -hmm. as well. You know, I'm able to perceive. I'm actually able to look in the mirror and not see the reflection of the person that I saw for 33 years before I transition. I'm actually able to like see more of the person that I'm trying to my best to be right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found, I think I noticed it kind of today and, you know, in this conversation, it's, it's, it's coming to light again. You know, um, I've had an interesting shift recently. I don't know when or how it happened, but I will, like today I caught myself. I'm like, I feel like I'm sort of walking like a dude. And then I started kind of like swaying the hips a little bit more and kind of flaring my, my wrists out, um, you know, and, and just 
being more feminine. And in the past, I remember you, you, I feel that it's like, oh, I'm not feminine enough. Like, this is bad. I need to fix this. And now it's more like, oh, I'm kind of walking like a dude. And then I, I get more into a girly walk and it's just like, it just feels good. So, you know, I, I don't know how to suggest to get to that place, but just, you know, yeah. Embrace those moments where you, you are mm -hmm. conscious of it and you get to be feminine and, and really dive into that. Yeah. And, and I think for everybody, it's, it's going to be different, right? You know, for, for the things that they find that, that help make them feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, like one, one thing that was like, that completely hit me out of, out of left field. Um, well, it was a couple of weeks ago I was, I was riding my bike and, um, you know, which is not, uh, masculine or feminine activity, right? It's just you're riding your bike. And I was mm -hmm. riding my bike around uh, my neighborhood. And I happened to like, catch my shadow. And I and I saw my shadow being cast as I was riding my bike, I should have been paying attention to the, the road and like traffic and all these other things. But here I am looking at my shadow. And I, I saw my shadow and I saw like, Oh, my God, that's the silhouette of a woman riding a bike and just like the wave of affirmation that hit me like oh my god like I, this is like not a gendered activity at all but i'm looking at you know my shadow and i'm like oh my god that's the silhouette of a woman that's not that's there's there i don't see a, a guy there i don't know i don't want to open up the door to shadow dysphoria um you know where where i'm gonna like you know look at my shadow sometime and be like oh my shadow's looking particular particularly masculine today i should do something to like make my silhouette look more feminine i don't want to open the door to that but um just saying that's something that that hit me is like oh there's my shadow and that's a that's a woman's shadow this is awesome this transition thing is working out very well for me no i think that that ties into what you said before of, of those um those things that kind of come up and and um just just become they're they're affirming that that you didn't expect or whatever and and you know mm -hmm. oh that that's what it was it was you said that when you started to relax and just be you then you got misgendered less and yeah you know when you start to get to that point of accepting everything you see including your shadow as feminine then you know it's just all all becomes easier it all it all feels right and there's nothing mm -hmm. that's changed really maybe a little bit of behavior or maybe a little bit of the way you kind of act or whatever but mostly it's the mental thing and and yeah you know getting to that point of being able to relax and just be like the first step to that is like relax and be like okay i this is me good bad or indifferent this is me and i'm gonna accept it and go with it and then you'll yeah. eventually once you can get there and just accept you as you and that you're trying and then get to that point of like oh no i'm a i'm i'm a girl that's a girl's shadow and and all that um so little side note i'm writing a couple notes down uh shadow dysphoria is shadow dysphoria yes. that has to be something we talk <laughs> about at some point that's wonderful i love that what were you so, so yeah i mean yeah just just um you know just to piggyback off of that it, is that the sometimes the act of 
relaxing though um is very difficult to get to um at least i know for myself like i i have a very tough time just in general not just around transition things but just like relaxing around things um but once like i said you know once you sort of like immerse yourself in 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 this and and you start to see it's kind of a maybe not an appropriate phrase but like the fruits of your labor start to you know pay off and Mm -hmm. like you start to see that reflection come back to you it's like oh okay maybe i don't have to be so hyper vigilant about like every aspect of my presentation like i don't have to make sure that like everything like every last little tiny aspect of my makeup is actually perfect and Mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about you know the fact that like i don't know maybe my my um shoes don't completely match you know my my outfit that i'm wearing or whatever because it feels like if you're not in the beginning it feels like if you're not completely 100 percent perfect then like any chink in that armor kind of like cracks open the door to like oh well you're not you don't belong here you're not actually you know whatever yeah um whatever you're trying to present as and that's all complete and total bullshit um speaking as somebody you know of course you know i'm not a, a trans elder or anything by by any stretch but you know at least in in the you know a couple of years um It'll, well, actually, it'll be almost two and a half years since I started medically transitioning. Um, you know, all of those thoughts of like, you have to have this perfect presentation all the time and you have to be just perfectly quaffed and you have to be perfectly feminine and whatever for, for trans femme people or, or like perfectly masculine for, you know, trans mask people. Like you have to have a certain walk and you have to like carry yourself a certain way. You kind of don't like... Mm-hmm people aren't paying that much attention to you. Um, that's that's another thing that I had to learn is like, people kind of just don't really care all that much. So, so getting to that relaxing period takes a while and it's, it's a process, especially for people with anxiety like me. Yeah, yeah. And it's just something, it's, it's a universal thing, something we all struggle with. It, it, we start at a place of fear, uh, fear of mm-hmm. the reality that we might be trans and then fear of what people will think. Um, so it's just, that's, that's the jumping off point. And so getting to that yeah. point where you drop the fear and just exist, and then everything seems to kind of fall into place for you. It's, it's kind of a long, it's kind of a long road, but uh, yeah, the, the quicker you can get there, the better everything is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you've been able to accomplish in your life because you've transitioned? Have, have there been any things that have come from it because of your transition that, that are, are positives? Oh, a lot of positive things, um, for sure. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I, I have found, uh, first and foremost, just thinking about, like, I found this, this wonderful community of like-minded people um that is is awesome because you know when when you're when you're just thinking about it when you're just starting to question your gender and all that it feels like you feel very isolated you feel very alone Mm -hmm. you feel like you know you're the only person in the world that's ever gone through this before which hey guess what that's not true (laughs) um but you you definitely like have 
or at least I did, um, you know, have this, this thought of like, oh my God, like I'm going to, I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm never going to have any other friends that I'm going to make ever again. Like nobody, like I'm going to be untouchable or whatever. That's not the case. You know, when, when, um, when I transition and when I first started making connections, um, within like the, um, not, not just like online, but also local, like queer and trans communities, like there, there's this whole other group of like beautiful, wonderful people that, you know, I've gotten to, um, to know, um, you know, on, on a personal level and have been able to, to count on. And it's, it's, it's been fantastic. Like, you know, I, I have, I have all of my friends, um, you know, from, from, uh, when I, from before I transitioned. Um, but then like, I made room for all of these other wonderful people, all of these other wonderful friends in my life, um, you know, because of transition. And that's, I, I count that as a success because like, these are people who are, um, just like, viciously in my corner and they're mm -hmm. they're like they're they're very much behind me a hundred percent and I for them you know I I will very much um you know have have like very when I when I'm talking to somebody um you know who's trans and they're 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 having they're having a bad day like i'm going out of my way as much as i as much as i can as much as time allows or whatever the situation is to like try to make that person feel better in any way that i can uh, because like i know where they're coming from you know yeah. something that that maybe you know, not not to say that cis people can't be supportive and that they're not allies, but they don't know exactly where like this hurt is coming from. Yeah, where other other trans folks do. So so I I definitely consider that a success. Um, you know, other other pieces of of my life. Thinking about that, I don't I don't know that like transition has really affected me in a professional way. Um, you know, I don't, I, which is great, actually. I mean, it's, you know, to, to be able to say that I'm in an industry and I'm, I'm in a job where I can, um, where I can work and to, to not have my transition, like affect me professionally, like in any way, like people don't, um, you know, look down on me or people don't treat me differently or anything like that. Um, it, apart from like, noticing that that there's some you know misogyny that that happens from from time to time that's just like whatever like every every woman deals with that on mm -hmm. some level yeah. um but but just saying like i i i haven't had anything like professionally that's that's um like you know that that being trans has held me back from and and i mm -hmm. feel like that's that's a really beautiful thing because you know one of the things that um at least that I thought about, and I know that that others think about too. When coming out, is like, oh my god, like if I come out, I might lose my job, or people might not respect me at work, or, um, yeah. you know, any number of of other uh, related like fears that come up. But at least in my experience, strictly speaking about my experience, because I don't work at every workplace, like it it has it has been 
it has been like actually pretty awesome. Um, and I have some really supportive people behind me where I work. So that's good. Wonderful. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that uh, I was working on an events team at a, at a big company and um, they really didn't seem to hesitate to have me there at an event that was in front of a ton of clients. And I, you know, I was working the registration booth, so I was front and center. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, getting to that point where it's just like, oh, you know, I think that helps for that that point of like rela relaxation when other people mm -hmm. that you think should care don't seem to care. It's just like, oh, okay, I can get this. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so what what has been your favorite thing that you've learned through your transition? Oh gosh, um, my favorite thing that I've learned. Um, really, I think, I think the favorite, and, and this is, this is like, you know, whatever it's, it's maybe being a little bit dramatic or whatever, but, um, I think my favorite thing that I've learned is how to like really honestly reflect on myself mm. to really honestly, you know, take a look at myself and evaluate myself honestly, um, as honestly as I can. And, and to be able to be introspective and actually like tune into my feelings more. And, and I don't know that that's necessarily a thing that came with transition that, you know, might also be attributed to the fact that, you know, I've been in weekly therapy since, um, like goodness, like maybe three or four months before I came out, like, I, I don't, I don't know that, you know, it's, it's, it could be both, but, but I, I feel like transitioning has, has allowed me to, um, be in touch with my feelings more than I was before. Mm -hmm. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, pre-transition, you know, I was, I was a very, um, very stoic person and very much like a, like a like a rock like i couldn't like like any feeling that came at me like nope this th i'm gonna catch this feeling put it right in the box shove that box down the hallway but before i do that i'm gonna lock it up and you know swallow the key or whatever you know feelings no nope, no feelings I'm, I'm just not i'm not gonna feel them because i i felt like I couldn't feel them, but now I'm, I'm actually feeling feelings and, and able to unpack them and able to, to really like examine them honestly and openly in a way that, that I wasn't able to before. Um, again, I don't know if this is necessarily related to, um, transition, um, specifically, or, or like just, you know, it's, it's only transition, but I think that, you know, transition has definitely, um, made it more acceptable to be able to feel feelings and examine those feelings because, you know, it's, it's like, well, if you, you know, if you're male presenting and, you know, like, and, and, and this isn't even the case. I mean, this is just toxic masculinity bullshit, but it's like this idea that like, well, if you're, if you're male presenting, like you can't have feelings, like whatever, that's, that's not manly, not you know, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like Ford trucks and bald eagles and beer and, you know, whatever that's, that's, that's what, that's what, you know, masculine people do. And that's, that's toxic masculinity, like nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but but I just feel like I've I've sort of been given like that permission to be like, oh yeah, no, like you can actually have your feelings and examine them on a on a much deeper level than you ever have before. You can have your feelings and feel them too. Yes, yes, and actually, you know, one of my um, one of my favorite sayings that I. I Goodness, you know, any anybody who um, really, really knows me for any length of time will probably hear me say, like, either you have your feelings or your feelings are going to have you mm. because, you know, you 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 have to you have to, like, sit with your feelings and have them. Otherwise, you're going to get overwhelmed by those feelings at some point. So I, I'm, I'm very much a pro uh, introspection, pro therapy, pro like mental health, um, just all of that, just everything all the time. I'm always advocating for that. Hmm. And then closing out this section, the main bit here, before we take another break, what advice do you have for young or closeted trans people out there? Oh my gosh. So, so many different things. Um, and even like I already touched on the um, the idea that like when you're when you're first starting to question yourself, uh, you know, to find like those those core people that are that are going to be like supports for you and to really lean on them. I I, th I think that you know for for people very early in their transition or like they haven't come out yet, that my my number one piece of advice would probably be you know just to be patient with yourself. This is a process. You know, I have I have to take this advice myself all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a process. It's not going to happen right away. I mean, I I know that it's um you know, it's it's great to see like transition timelines and everything on social media and like to to have this like um, sort of comparison of, you know, where somebody was to where they are now. And then you're like, oh gosh, you know, but you're seeing, you're seeing a picture and, you know, there may be six months that passed between that picture or maybe three years or 10 years or 20 years or whatever, but this is all a process and it all happens day by day. And the thing is, is that the progress is also not linear. So you've got to have, you know, patience for yourself when, you know, sometimes that progress is going to go backwards. It's going to mm -hmm. happen. And, and to, to, you know, not beat yourself up when that does happen, um, because it's easy to, you know, fall into that hole of like self-hatred and, and, um, you know, just, just general ill feelings towards yourself, I guess, um, you know, because you feel like you're slipping backwards or that you're not moving forward fast enough. Just be patient. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you for having me. Also, thank you to Madison for, uh, for reaching out and for booking me on the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse. You can also find it and our other great shows at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to follow our guest Jen at Jen Does Stuff on Instagram and TikTok. If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash The Transverse.